0: Welcome to episode 56 of the photo show and happy Thanksgiving everyone on the show today is Donato DiCamillo Also for those of you who have been missing Kai's voice on the last two episodes Kai is back on the show Uh, So uh, Kai and I did have a great conversation with Donato and he has one of the more unique stories about how he got into photography uh, And how photography really helped him turn around his life But before we start the show, let me just say I am very thankful for being able to do the show and really thankful for you for listening to the show. So if you're in the car listening to the show right now, be safe. And if you're home and expecting a lot of family today, uh, also be safe. (laughs) Maybe avoid some politics today. All right, enjoy the show and we will talk soon. About um, a week ago, yeah, I would came say. up last Monday uh, mm-hmm.
1: to Columbia and um, uh, to meet in the office with uh, Tom Roma and I. And I think um, it was uh, our good friend Itzik from uh, K and M that suggested uh, you meet up with Tom, right?
2: Yes, Itzik <laughs> is actually a re- really uh, fabulous uh, fellow, really good friend of mine.
0: We are trying to get him on the show.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to record yeah. with him as well. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. He's kind of shy when it comes to f- photos and. Like, which is funny. It's surprising. Yeah, he's been in
0: the business all this all these years. He comes to the openings. He, he's we can talk to him about anything. He's got such a great history. But yes,
2: so supportive, <laughs> such uh, eloquent, and uh, yet you know he's been in the business for probably forty years, I believe, and. Uh, Yet he he yeah he refuses to be in photographs or, or join in the you know uh, to be in front of the camera or uh, you know recording.
1: Yeah. We've seen one thing that's changed in the last year is he's on Instagram now. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like posting all these photographs of him and Robert Frank, mostly pictures of Robert Frank and sleeping. Yeah, yeah, sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, maybe that's a good transition because, uh, uh, I also know one of our graduate students when I mentioned that, uh, you had come by, I said, Oh, I know him. I've been following him on Instagram for years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you've built up, I didn't even look at a number, but you've got a lot of followers on Instagram and how did you wind up, uh, coming to post on Instagram or come to that social media platform? Uh, well,
2: uh, it just happened, you know, um, I guess, you know, I started photography just a few years ago, a few years back, and uh, I didn't use it as a tool to, to, I didn't want to be a photographer, I just played around with the idea of taking pictures, because I always had a fascination with, with uh, you know, uh, National Geographic, you know, um, repertoire type of photography, and uh I just love these beautiful images from all over the world. I I'd love, I admired the photography, but then I stopped and I had to ask myself who was taking these beautiful photographs and, and who was, uh, you know, challenging themselves and going through these great adventures to, to do so, you know? And that's where really, uh, the, the, the seed was planted, yeah.
0: You actually got to live out that dream. Um, you were on a, a Nat Geo portfolio, I think, right?
2: Well, it was actually, it was a, it's, a, it's a, a contest for amateur photographers, but some I've seen some professional photographers also join in, and uh, what happened was I joined as an amateur, and I don't know if everybody knows my story. I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but- Oh, we well, yeah, we don't, don't worry about <laughs> that. Yeah. I, fig- I figured we, you- We kind of jump figured, around. I figured you around. might. Yeah, yeah. No, Let's uh, not give it yeah. all the
0: way up front. Yeah,
2: yeah, well- <laughs> it seems to come up in every conversation but anyway um so uh going back to that what happened was there was an open for There's, there's an open forum still to this day uh nat geo serves for uh amateur photographers and at that point in my life i had a very limited ability to do what i could do with photography and so i uh I photographed anything I could, you know, bugs, flowers, anything. And <laughs> uh, But once given the chance to have a real SLR camera and go out into the streets, I uh, I photographed people. As photographing people is what really uh, intrigues me, the differences and uh, the idiosyncrasies and whatnot. Yeah. Those things are, are what really attracts me to feeling behind the photograph. Not really the photograph itself, but what it evokes in me, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned you photographed what you could, so we might yeah. as well get into it. Mm-hmm. You were under house arrest at the
2: time? Yes, I was. You gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, this, I, I, let's back up a little bit. It's interesting that, you know, maybe it is because of the nature of the art world and photography mm. and even um, I, everything is where... We're so tied into the nar- uh, often tied into the narrative of the maker, right? And and people get excited about the narrative of the maker, even if they are attracted to the the photographs and and the work. There's so many people out there making photographs, so many people out there, you know, telling stories, doing all this, that when people hear, uh, you know, a, a personal bio- biography, a narrative, and they see a connection, all of a sudden, it ins- you know, like it it sparks the imagination, right? Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, in preparation for today, I I looked online, I looked on your website and you have stuff and you can see that people, uh, they imagine this life that you've had that you, you know, growing up in Brooklyn and then, you know, finding yourself, as Michael mentioned, uh, for a while under uh, house arrest and trying to make photographs there and learning it, studying photography while in prison where you couldn't even photograph and, it lends us something about like a backstory that might be could easily be sensationalized but i think what's more interesting in in for your story is that you can really tell that you're interested in in people and you're you're always going out and you're talking and you're engaging with people and it comes out of uh you know it comes out of the arc of the narrative of your life right and how you you uh, spent this time and then now you're it's almost like you had all this pent up energy and now you're like let out in the world and you wanna engage as much as possible and, and photography uh, lets you do that, right?
2: Uh, absolutely, I, I think photography today is is kind of, um, I think today's generation. And I don't wanna seem like a dinosaur, but let's keep it real. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little older <laughs> than the, the the Instagram generation. Mm. And I think uh, people don't really realize the the power of photographs and what they're really uh, what they could do and how they could move people and so i I take that into account and and I really respect who I photograph or what I photograph and I think there should be some type of meaning not only not only should it make myself or others think about what they're photographing maybe I'm using the wrong words but I think it should evoke some type of feeling. And um, I think what happened is with the oversaturation of the photographs in, in, the, in the new uh, world of the new computer age, I think people are failing to uh, realize how important uh, it really is. You know, it, it's a reference point to our history. You know, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's a platform to teach. And it's also a way to, uh, to communicate with people that otherwise can't communicate any other way. Like, for instance, me. I had a hard time communicating with uh, regular people. And when I say regular people, I'm, I mean by uh, saying this. Uh, I was a criminal. I lived that criminal lifestyle. And I really didn't give a crap about uh, anybody's feelings or whatnot. But something changed in me, and photography brought me closer. It brought me closer to people, but in my own way, in my own private way. And slowly, as my photography changed, and as I grew coming out of prison, uh, my my photography took different shapes, and uh, I learned to gradually speak to people that I didn't know on a more common, um, on a more common ground. It wasn't about criminal activity or, uh, you know, what I was used to talking about. It was about being human and being real and identifying with the f- with the feelings that we have. And it just, it opened up a lot of different doors for me. So for me, it became a really important tool to navigate through, through my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, your story is a little more extreme in the sense of anti-social behavior and, and things like that but we've heard we've heard that uh, before from people the, the camera was entree the camera was a way of um s- sort of introducing yourself to mm-hmm. someone being able to talk to people being able to connect with people right
1: what you're just speaking to there is uh, a classic mindset that you would need to have to be a good portraitist right to be able to make photographs of people where it's not just uh You know, people standing like butterflies and uh, some people are even critical of National Geographic because uh, people are just sort of like standing in front of their house and there doesn't seem to be any kind of connection to the people. And, uh, you know, in your photographs, you can there's uh, empathy. There's uh, you're you're also you're not at a distance. You're very you're getting close to people. (laughs) physically close which then suggests that there had to be some sort of even an an intimacy between the two of you to make the photograph possible right
2: yes exactly and that's my whole point about uh, that's my whole point that I was making in regards to um, recreating myself and recreating this this person that's able to reach out to people and able to talk to uh, strangers and have them pose and 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 lift their chin up or turn their head you know and i'm actually physically touching these people that i've just met and they're they're obliging me you know they're 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 welcoming me to do to do so so um to me it's it's almost surreal in comparison to how i used to live uh it's it's surreal and it's it's very rewarding you know in itself You know, whether I'm whether I'm making money and with it or not, it's just rewarding Uh, being able to touch somebody in in a profound way and in a deep level. uh, It's very rewarding. Well, why don't we talk
0: about pre-photography, you, uh, because I think it does. I think it's important to know that story in order to know the transformation, to know the this this new person that you're talking about who can connect with people and talk to people. I plead the fifth. <laughs> 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 uh, what would you like to know? So, I mean, yeah. I'm not I read, afraid to I, open. I think, it. I think um, uh, you told uh, maybe American photo that you had um, anger issues as a kid, and um, by the by the age of twelve, you had already had your first arrest for stealing cards, and you got in with a bad crowd, and yeah. and all that, and 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 eventually even connected
2: to the Colombo family crime family. Well, look the newspapers have a way of inflating things I i mean look where i come from it was impossible for you to stay you had to know somebody it was just that type of neighborhood so you know for me to say it was connected to this and that, I, you know, I would be just throwing, you know, words out there. Let's just let's just say that everybody knew somebody, and if the Fed feds, uh, federal agents want to make a case and they want to make it look bigger than it is, then they'll do that.
0: Mm-hmm. But what what about the, the sort of the anger issues?
2: I had anger because I think uh, you know the, it stemmed from being different. I was a different. I was different. I was. Uh, you know, an immigrant, uh, a first generation Italian. I spoke with a broken accent, uh, broken Italian accent. We had a different culture. My haircut was funny. My dress—I was dressed funny as a kid and sent off to school. I—I I was terrified of school when I first went to school because uh, I had this accent. My teacher would call me to the board, uh, and 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 I'd have to you know write out an example and explain the example and I was completely terrified because I was afraid of being mocked at and and made fun of and so I withdrew a lot as a kid and where I found comfort was with people that felt like me and most of those people were people that were rebellious and kind of bucked the system if you will and uh so that's how that whole that's where that whole tied in with the, you know, uh, the crime and the, the gangs and, and all that came in. W-
0: was it in prison, though, where you started to discover who, you know, you really believed you were or no. change who you are? No.
2: No. You know what? I knew who I was. It's just that I didn't have the nerve or the fortitude or maybe perhaps the, the insight to say, you know, look, let's face it, even today... Kids have no clue who they are. They walk around following each other. They don't they're bumping into walls. They're creating they're creating their own little universe. It's 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 kind of it's kind of tragic in a way. But at that age, I just was looking I was searching for some type of identity, some type of comfort outside my own home. And I think every kid struggles with that. I think everybody struggles with wanting acceptance. Uh, yeah. I think acceptance is a big part of, of of growing up, and I had to grow up, you know, and growing up for me meant changing everything I knew. Everything I knew was learned from the street, you know, stealing cars and, and you know, burglarizing stores or whatever the hell it was, beating people up, whatever I had to do to, to, to make money or whatever. I had to re I had to reinvent myself and reinventing myself meant to kind of learn from other people that weren't in that same class of uh society if that makes sense.
0: It does. Makes makes a lot of sense.
1: You mentioned uh, when we were speaking <clears throat> earlier this week about also being a being smart, you know, being intelligent and being frustrated and that that would also often get you in trouble too is that you're like you know, like a lot of smart people, you, you mouth off sometimes at people and they, and they people get embarrassed or whatever and then they take it out on you and... Um,
0: or you use it as a defense mechanism.
1: Right? Yeah, whereas in where I... The places I was usually living, I managed to avoid conflict, but I think, you know, Bensonhurst and Brooklyn at that time, it, you weren't going to avoid conflict if, if that came up, right? <laughs> no,
2: no. It, it was a place where, you know, and I got to tell you, very in the most positive terms. And if Tom, Tom Roma in his years literally had to walk over bodies to get to where he had to get to. And if that's what I had to do, I, I was willing to do that too. I just wanted out of that life. And, and so the camera was my tool for me. I just wanted to be alone. I wanted to be left alone. And I had this camera I took my camera every day and I just went off on my own and did my own thing and that's how I slowly I slowly you know kind of uh, you know navigated out of that out of that type of lifestyle and disconnected myself from a, from from an old world and put myself into a new world
1: what I found really uh, charming about the idea of uh, maybe charming's a wrong word but it's <laughs> useful in the that your beginnings where you were wanting to photograph but limited in physical space where you could go and that that forced a certain creativity and I often tell students when they're like, oh, you know, I... I I don't know what to photograph. You know, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. You know, I don't have time to travel or this other thing. And we, we often tell them, like, you should be able to make work in your room. You know, in your dorm room. You shouldn't have to go anywhere. And here you you were literally forced to stay in one area. And, you know, it's it still uh, you managed to, like, start making work while
0: in yeah. such a small spot, right? right? Was that in Staten Island at that point
2: or was that still in Brooklyn? Yeah, that was in Staten Island. that's a good point that you're talking about um limited space that limited space i think uh makes a connection to to why i tend to get very close to my subjects Hmm. it's a maybe it maybe it has some maybe uh, subconsciously i was always photographing things very close and very you know because it was it was that kind of uh, setting that I was I was used to, so maybe you know you you brought up kind of maybe something that that mm-hmm. might have sparked maybe a, a reason why I photograph so close, but but I think I photograph close mo- mainly because I really want to get into to like the soul of, of of who who people are or or what the subject is or whatever you know whatever it may be.
1: There's a famous quote from. Uh Robert Kappa, you know, Robert Kappa Yes. There. And he's like, if your photo,
2: I, I'm going to misquote it, but yeah. it's basically <laughs> if your
1: photographs aren't any good, it's because you didn't get close enough.
2: I think it goes, oh, if it. if you're not... Aren't, if you're not close enough, your photos aren't good enough. Or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> some something Let me try to botch it. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fuck it up. <laughs> basically, you go ahead and basically fuck it up. get closer. <laughs> yeah, basically, he said, <laughs> yeah. Suck. if you're, too you're too not close hard. enough, you're not good. I'm going to look it up later. Call everyone. If it's later, not close enough, enough. We'll not close enough <laughs> you're, you're not good you're enough. Or, or it's whatever. not good enough. I had no idea at the time who Robert Cap was. No, actually, I did. I read, I read about him. But... I didn't go by that. It wasn't for that reason. Yeah. But
1: no, no, I just reminded um, me of it. But
2: you know what? Going back to that National Geographic thing and and the contest, uh, you know, when they gave me that opportunity to go out um, when I was on probation, they gave me an opportunity to get out into the world, and I still was really, uh, you know, how could I explain it? Limited mm-hmm. to 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 where I can go and how far I can go and what time I had to be back. So I knew that. It took me about a half hour to get to point a and it would take me about 45 minutes to get back to point b and then get back home to point c so in that time i knew i had to act you know to work fast whatever so i would i would try to engage in people as quick as possible as the most interesting people as possible and and that was that day was, it was weird. I don't know if this is, is I don't know why I'm, I just, I'm going off somewhere right it. now. Do it, yeah, we But anyway, um, how how I got involved at that National Geographic thing was that this woman was arguing about a bologna sandwich. Uh, she was on a food line going crazy about a bologna sandwich. They wouldn't give her an extra bologna sandwich for her kids. She was destitute, she was on the, you know, she was on the brinks of poverty, ready to be thrown out of her home. And she had two kids at home, and I and I didn't even want a photograph. I just felt horribly bad for her, and uh, I said, "Just let me buy you a hamburger." Why are you even arguing with these people? Let me just get you a burger. No, you know, no disrespect. I just want to buy you a burger, buy it you for your, your, your sons and whatnot. And she says, "No, I got two sons," you know, and, and that and it became a, a. It turned out that she invited me home. It saved me the time of going around and uh, you know, uh, speeding around looking for photos. And I wound up catching my first break with, not break, but it was a photograph that they had published in uh, Nat Geo. And it was actually a photograph of her home, a broken, kind of disheveled mattresses ripped and boxes and, and but then there was this little, little uh, photo, uh, well, a portrait of a, of, of a girl with a big smile on her face. And and it showed the ha- like at one point there was some type of happiness in that home, and for me that that kind of made made the photography make sense. It made it it brought me to a point to of understanding like how uh, it just it was a it was a turning point. Like in other words, I saw I saw something there. Right. It was
1: a breakthrough for you. You saw yeah, that. Yeah. It was know, a, like-
2: it was a breakthrough there that that I I realized that that in that photograph, not even realizing when when I took the photograph, but when I actually took it home and I looked at it, I said, you know what, all this was all chaos, but then yet there was this, you know, at one time there was happiness in this home. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I left the house uh, making a friend, and, uh, you know, after that they had chosen it for, uh, you know, they have this uh, daily Daily dozen thing. They pick a dozen photos each day from around the world, and so to me that was like, whoa! That National Geographic, you know, picked me for a whatever, one of the finalists, and so it it made me feel good that I actually did something that wasn't bad. Yeah, you're getting recognized. Yeah, I for was bad for a good for being working. a good person, right? Not, right, not right. for being a criminal. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. In my neighborhood you wanted to get recognized for being a bad guy. Oh, yeah. You know, that's where you make your bones. You make, you know, you, that's what they call, uh, you know, uh, that's where you get your rep or whatever, right. you know? But anyway,
1: and people won't fuck with you, you know?
2: Well, you know, look, when you're running with a bunch of wolves, well, <laughs> you, you, you know, you, yeah, you might get bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, another Brooklyn photographer that I know whose work you admire and, uh, I was also known for getting really close. Is Bruce Gilden, right? And so you're you're familiar with his work, I'm sure. right?
2: Yeah, Bruce. Bruce is uh, he's a nice guy. He's he's a very. Uh, I met him. I met him in a snowstorm when hmm. I was able to get out. Actually, it was the first snowstorm from when I came home in 2011. I don't know what year it was, but I met him in K and M oh wow yeah yeah it was weird uh that you that you that we mentioned uh <laughs> it's, sick. it's sick yeah <laughs> and uh yeah i met him in k&m and he was he had his assistant with him and i said i said holy shit you're bruce Gilden. <laughs> Like it, it was like it could it could have been it could have been like you know uh Christopher Walken, he's my favorite actor. I love Christopher Walken. He's so wacky. I love him. Uh, it could have been him standing there, and and for me, photography at that point had become so important. And um, he looked at me. He said, "How you doing, kid?" I said, "I said, <laughs> I said, I can't even believe it's you." I I looked at him like he was a star. You know his his work from from the earlier times. Uh, I liked his. I liked some of his work. His work. Uh, You know, look, I I don't know anything about I'm not a critic, but um, I I loved I loved, you know, the the work that I saw while I was in prison was his uh, his work from um, from Japan and uh, some of his black and white early works from Coney Island. And and so I liked his crazy, crazy approach. Which for a while, <laughs> I I said, you know what? Let me be Bruce Gilden for for for, a, for a, a month or two and try to do what he does. And you know what? I find that that a lot of people do this; they mimic other photographers. And I I think it's it's something that we do. It's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I realized that it wasn't me. I'm not Cartier-Bresson. I'm not cartier Besson. i am not i am not Bruce Gilden. And I'm not. Tom Roma or any of these uh, yeah. wonderful photographers, but it, but it is how we learn, right? When, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we 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 take little bits and pieces of people and yeah. uh, uh, photographers, and we make it our own.
0: I wanted to be Joel Sternfeld for, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, I think everyone goes through those phases, and I, it's probably important to go through them. Right i think for me it was more of a challenge trying to to nail down a a a kind of fingerprint where people would say you know this looks like donato's work or this you know kind of creating creating like a signature you know and uh, it's tough it's tough creating because like i said there's so many photographers out there and you know you let's face it you know we have kids walking around with cell phones that that are shooting pictures after pictures and then there's some really good photographers that know what they're doing and they're using cell phones and you can get inches within people and 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 shoot a scene without anybody knowing me i'm not the type of person to hide mm. so i i just i blatantly i take photographs and you know take the shot if anybody sees me they see me if they don't they don't and it's all good some but most of the times i ask anyway so whatever you know, it's not really that important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you, well, you were talking about how you developed a, a philosophy of kind of like recognizing who might be, who you might be able to approach
2: and, you yes. know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, came in very, it uh, came in, it, it's actually extremely important for, for what I do. Um, I kind of I think of you're learned...
1: incorporating some of that like radar or whatever, the street sense that you yeah. had from a uh-huh. from your younger age. And now that allows you to walk down the street and, and recognize, oh, you know this person might uh, be approachable or this person might really freak out on me or
0: but I'm, it also seems you have this this sense of fringe as what your projects is called right? people mm-hmm. who might be living a little on the outside of mainstream culture or uh, the underdog a
2: little bit i think i identify with people that struggle i could say this i can and i could be 100% honest most photographers photograph people that are are most likely to take photographs because they're down and out and they're looking for a dollar. But me, I don't do that. I do it because I actually have a connection with these people. Most photographers that I spoke to say, oh well, you know, I'm I'm doing this because and look, I'm gonna say it. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna say it. I think they're full of shit. I think they're full of shit. You know, I, I, you know be, we should give them a name, a face, and all this other crap. Mm. The bottom line is you're doing it because it's easy. It's easy to approach somebody that's homeless, give them a dollar, put it in a cup, and photograph them with a jug of wine in his hand rather than prompt them up, help them out, talk to them, get to know them a little bit. Rather than go through all that, it's it's much easier to just give him a dollar and just click a picture. Now, with me... I don't do that, like I said. I, I get to know people. I wanna know people. I wanna know their stories. I wanna know how they got there. I wanna know their, you know, their mental state. I, I've, I've worked with people for years. I work with a, a, a woman with schizophrenia for the last three years, which it took me a very long time for her to just say hello. And um, it's proved to be very rewarding. These things are rewarding. and And, and, and I'm gonna say it again a lot of these young photographers and i'm a young photographer myself because i've been in the game only 3 4 years let's say okay they're not realizing they're not realizing the importance behind the power of photography they're just taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures or likes <laughs> they want they want uh you know hundreds of likes rather than Rather than take a picture that means something or that, you know, that explains something, you know, a story behind it or something like that, you know? Yeah, um.
0: you know, um, when I spoke to uh, Martin
2: Bell. Sorry for the rant, by the way. Hey, no, 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 we <laughs> want the rants. We're all about
0: the rants. I spoke to Martin Bell and, and you know, he and Marilyn Mark did the series on tiny uh, following the family around for thirty years and being connected to the family. and mm-hmm. and he says, people ask me all the times, like, are are you aren't you exploiting? And he says, yes, I am exploiting. We photography is an act of exploitation. You really you exploit your subject matter when you photograph. and said, but what happened? what what happens with the photos? He's like, we yes, we benefited from the photos. I mean we published a lot of books. we had a lot of shows. we made two movies, all kinds of things. But we didn't abandon them. We didn't just go in, photograph. Uh, you know, get our rewards and leave. They, they had been in touch with that family all the way through. They offered to take in Tiny. They um, Because of their work, Tiny's kids are now being taken care of. Uh, so you got You have to look at the whole picture. Who and who are you, right? So you're, you're not coming from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. You're not, uh, you know, parachuting in on these people and taking off again. Right. Um, and even if you are coming from a place of privilege, then how do you follow through? Right. You know, what's happening with that work? That's right,
2: right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, I, and I think that is extremely important and, and enraging. I was out taking, I, I love this guy that I photograph. He's not only, he's not only have a, a very hard face to look at for any anybody, and he knows it, and I tape record little segments of him every time we talk, and he is just the sweetest guy, but he's a scary-looking guy. And he looks like a homeless guy. And he's not a homeless guy. He's actually, he's blind. He lives in a assisted living home. I take care of him. I bring him clothes. I bring him food. I pay him. Every time I, I photograph him, I make sure he's well. The problem is the place where he's at is, is corrupt. You know, they got people that steal. Everything I give him, yeah. stolen. Mm. Because he can't see. So, wow. At the same time, I'm helping him. At the same time, it's being taken away from him. So what do I do? I mean, there's nothing I could do really besides, you know, just care for him as a, another human being would care for an, another human being. And um, I, I love taking pictures of him. I mean, he, you know, I don't, I don't always put it out there, but. I can't help but take pictures of him because I think he's just a, such a sweet guy and such an interesting and strong appearance that he it makes me it makes me it just almost pulls me to him you know people have asked me why 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 do you talk to that guy why do you you know why he looks you know he looks you know what the f-? you know come on how could you base somebody on how they look and not on what they're feeling inside you know, I asked him, what do you think people see you as? And he's told me, they look at me like I'm a monster. And I've told people this. I've, I've spoken about this story a few times. I said, they think I'm a monster. And I said, why? Why do you think, do you think you're a monster? Because I know I got a big scar on the side of my face. And I know I got I got uh, one of my eyes got taken out in an accident. He used to, He used to actually replace car windows, the windshields in a shop and uh, they were grinding out or cutting out the glass and, sh- and shot up into mm-hmm. his eye. The guy's super intelligent. Mm-hmm. They're leaving all that out. You know, they're not realizing all this, but that's just an example of people, the importance of getting to know maybe a subject that rather than just take a picture on Instagram and post it because the guy looks like a creep or whatever. That that annoys me, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, the whole, the whole idea of getting close to people... Uh, at the same time, Tom, Tom made a statement, Tom Roma made a statement the other, the other day, uh, you know, I'm not searching for myself, I'm actually really finding myself, but really not intentionally, it's, it's just through natural, just being a person, just being a human being. You know, it's, it's it's not like I went out searching for myself with a camera, I'm like trying to find my identity. It's It just happened because we have to be civil with each other and we have to respect each other's space. And hey, man, I might be babbling about it, but it's a touchy subject for me because I believe that people deserve the respect that they they have coming to them, whether they're on the street or wherever. I know what it's like being treated as a number and lined up and told when to go to the bathroom until you know so and in a way I know what it's all about so
1: now yeah, you've been sensitized to it
2: yeah absolutely
1: and to uh, pivot off of that a little bit there's you're also sensitive to certain places and I know um we've talked a lot about Coney Island and uh, that part of Brooklyn and that's just some place that you've since you were a kid you've been going to and now you've and it's been photographed a lot obviously and uh but you're also compelled and drawn, drawn back there, right? Do you wanna talk about Coney Island and what it means to you and how, how you came to start photographing there?
2: Well, I think it was Bruce Davidson that said, you get to know a neighborhood, you get to know an area, and you let people understand that you have your pa- a passion for what you do. And so the Coney Island area, yeah, I've been robbed a few times there, <laughs> but they got to know who I, who I am you know they see the white guy (laughs) you know it's predominantly a black neighborhood outside on the outskirts but you know whatever it's mixed it's a mixed bag there but with that said there's a certain uh relevance to to getting to know a certain area that you're working Uh, and that and by that i mean people aren't uncomfortable with seeing me seeing a big guy six foot kind of broad tattoos on his arms you know look like I look like a serial killer (laughs) sometimes on my bad days but um and I have this horrible accent I I don't seem like an intellectual like from from Colombia or anything like that but I I'm I'm a very sensitive I'm a very engaging I love people I love talking to people and now they know that so Whenever I go and I frequent Coney Island, I'll walk up and down this, this sand, uh, between. I usually work between a couple of sandbars. I'll, I'll set a you know like from two or three sandbars, uh, or jetties they call them. And uh, I work and I just may I just allow people to see who you know see me walking with a camera, and I'll stop and I'll talk. I have this little system that I use. Yeah. It's, it actually worked well. And so they know they know I speak to, to parents because if I, I see a certain certain kids that I want to photograph, I might want to come back and photograph. I talk to the parents and you know, you know I'm a pho- photographer and I've been you know trying to work a book out here, trying to uh, pu- you know put together a book out here for a while and you know they usually you know just have common conversation and then i'll walk back by and then i'll walk back by and <laughs> i'll say hello again i say hey you know you mind if i take a photo of your kid yeah why not ahead yeah. and and that's how it's it's just that easy it's not it's oh, yeah. not it's not you don't have to be sneaky and just you know look you have to date, find that
0: balance though between uh, looking like a stalker and being yeah, very casual exactly. yes. yeah <laughs> you have to
2: be yeah, well with that with see Look, if I were to be like this, like just walking around with right. a camera, staring at look, them. I look like I look like a, I'm not. I'm a big guy. I'm looking. I'm staring at a child. It doesn't look right. So, so that's why I have to. You know, for me, yeah. this work works for me. It it might not work for somebody else. They might think you know, you're a creep, even even with the conversation. But uh, for me, that's what established trust, you know, and I believe that's uh, really important to establish a sort of trust. People want to know what they're doing with these photographs. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest question is, are you going to make money or, <laughs> or is this going to cost me money? It's always, you know, one of those questions. Most of nine out of 10 times, it's well, what are you going to do with the photograph? Sure. And I just tell them, you know, I love doing what I do and I give them a bit of my history and I tell them uh, I'm very passionate about what I do and- and it's not really a, an issue after that. I'm starting to think
0: that um, photographing with a real camera is now more disarming than photographing someone with your phone because they know it's going right up to social media when you mm-hmm. photograph with your phone.
2: And another thing is with the cell phones, I, I tell them, I said, look, I could have a cell phone and be like two inches away from you and photograph yeah. something you know, that's totally inappropriate. I'm not doing that. I'm showing people that I'm carrying a camera you need to look out for the people with these, with these, with these phones. Right. That's what you need to be looking out for, right. not me with a big camera strapped around my neck in the hundred degree weather. You know what I mean, right? Uh, exactly. But it, it's true. You bring, you bring up a, a, a real, a good point uh, with the ca- with the cameras, yeah, with it, the cell phones. Even
1: there. I remember right after nine eleven. Uh, being questioned and oh michael has even more stories for this about being questioned by police or like uh if you were photographing near bridges or this or that and it's the same sort of thing. Like, why would I be going out with this big camera, making it so obvious that I'm photographing with this bridge in the background? If I was trying to do something, you know, right. bad, right. yeah, bad, I would be like I would, sneak. Yeah, I would like, I would hide, I would use something small and I'd be sneaky about it. And, I, and you would never know I was doing it. Right. I mean, like, come You wouldn't be
2: on top of a van with a yeah, cable with exactly. a cable. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It was. laughs> but
1: I don't, you know, uh, I think it's interesting that I, I read or in one of the interviews or heard you talking about that, uh, national geographic and you know, like your father saving bundles of them from neighbors. Yeah. And, and then it must've been, that's part of the, you know, it must've been amazing to have your photographs going out there, as you said, but you also mentioned that you sort of identified yourself, even a young being different as being an immigrant, but mm-hmm. probably also having different appetites and, uh, could you talk a little bit about your uncle dominic i thought that was interesting
2: yeah he just hacked the hell out of my house yes i went back and and he took (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to talk about it it's crazy (laughs) but it's so funny that you bring him up but let me let me talk about my father for a minute if you if if i may please. please because my uncle dominic was an art director yeah he was he was a a renaissance type guy he he's Terrific painter. He's a painter, something that, you know, is very difficult to do. And especially that's Rembrandt type uh, painting. But my father was a man, he he just passed away three months ago. Uh, and sorry. Uh, he 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 was against the whole he was against the whole photography thing, you know, when I started when I first came home. He said, How are you gonna make any money doing that? I said, it's not about that, but uh, he influenced me and I and and I and I feel bad now going b- listening to you know bringing bringing that bringing that up bringing that about my uncle Dominic yes mm-hmm. I love my uncle Dominic it's my my mother's brother and he's a great guy and he's very super talented but my father was as well mm-hmm. my father started painting when he was when he retired at, at 67 years old and uh the guy you know he was pumping out canvases left and right and they were they were decent they were decent i mean this is a guy that never took art art classes or anything in his life so but you know years before that he would teach me he would show me he would show me references of michelangelo uh leonardo you know and the structure of the hand the anatomies and all this and so these these things always that was his way of teaching me. He didn't know the American way, the, you know, the American way of studying. Hmm. My father had to stop going to school at, at I don't know, in a ridiculous age, really young. Um, he had four siblings. Real quickly, I'll, I'll go through it. And he had, to, he had to be the man of the house. His, he lost his dad at 14 to 15 years old. So he had to take care of everybody. And with that, he learned a lot about the world on his own. And the only way that he learned was doing. You understand? So he he showed me by by what he by actually by doing what he did. He, I mean, I can't talk. I think, can't talk enough about him. But let's let's keep it. You know, I just wanted to say that my yeah, father, inspired, my father, uh, awesome. inspired yeah. me more than anybody in my life. As not only not only. Uh, not only as a, as a decent human being, which I always knew I was inside, but as a, as a, artistically, he really he inspired. Me.
0: And yeah, and he he wasn't against the arts in terms of uh, being no. against photography. He just wanted you to make a living. Right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> he
2: was like, you're not gonna make money. Right. You know, he's just like, not gonna get money. You're in a union. You could be making you know whatever x amount of dollars a week. He, you know, he was a longshoreman. He got me in. He got me in as a longshoreman, and now, you know, you can't even get you can't even get in there now. And it's, you know, look for me, I don't mind driving a high low and coming home with six figures a year. It's, that's a, you know, it's a no brainer. But anyway, um, do you do that? No. Oh, but oh, oh. I he had right. granted me that opportunity twice. Okay. He got me in, and I blew it twice uh-huh. and made him look bad. And so I have some regrets with my my dad. We had an estranged relationship, but this is gonna go on forever. Yeah. So well, let's <laughs> not let's not. I just want to say that he was one of. The, and I hope you'll be able to edit it. You know whatever. I don't see anything but, I need but, to edit at all. Okay, don't worry about I just anything. Wanna, I just wanted to really, in honor of his name, his his birthday's tomorrow. No, you yeah. know October fifteenth. So I just wanted to. To, to kind of talk about, yeah. that he was an influence. But going back to, to my Uncle Dominic now, my Uncle Dominic was an art director, and um, he was, like I said, he was a Renaissance painter. Um, that's what he did for, for, you know, on his spare time. He would paint beautiful uh, Renaissance pieces of the 14th century type of uh, work, remakes of, like, you know... Uh, Gauguin and you know these just just unbelievable uh paintings that I could never I could never do but you know he taught me about how the light falls as well as my father my father taught me about shading and lighting and stuff like that and um uh he taught me about the you know composition and how you know the feeling and the emotion in people's in the faces and how uh, how little things could mean a lot and it could make a big difference in a photograph it doesn't have to be necessarily multi-layered but it could be just this one thing that, that sticks out that makes person think you know and uh, for me, it's important to evoke thought and to evoke feeling. And, and so, yeah, my Uncle Dominic was a great influence in, in that he taught uh, with his with his type of painting, uh, you know, the lighting and, and, and the use of light and uh, composition and, and, and spacing and, uh, you know, even the rule of thirds he taught me. And I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about when he was saying it, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, he was uh, an art director, so... He did teach me a great uh, bit.
1: I, I, my, my father played guitar. My uncle was a musician. There's, there's always someone doing something creative around, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the background. And so, you know, you don't think you have to grow up and be a corporate lawyer or something, right? Or you think that, that you realize that there's, another, there's other dimensions to, to life just right. by having a couple people that have a, a passion that doesn't have something to do directly with uh, making money or supporting yourself. Right? Well,
2: there you go right there. That that that's the whole ball of wax right there. Passion is what my dad, my dad did everything, and with 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 burning passion. If he built something, he did it with passion. Everything he did with passion, and I think that derives from my dad. And so he was a great inspiration when it came to. He would never he would never stop a project and and abort mission. He would just he would he would bleed before before he would board or just you know quit on it that's how he that's what i got for my dad mm. the resilience and the, and the going out every day and, and constantly searching for something new and getting better and just moving forward mm. and so that you know that that's something that's important to me that he gave he left me you know.
1: yeah and i know you lead workshops and do things like that do you try to how do you try to um get these ideas across to the people that you're you're working with because it's i know i'm sure you find that a lot of people are when they first start photographing out in the street and that, that there's a lot of people are like they're timid or afraid right so yeah how do you try to get that passion across to people
2: well i tell them first firstly i i i ask them why they're photographing in the first place i think it's important to know uh, why people are photographing and that that gives me a little bit of an idea of who they are and what what direction they want to go in and why you know why they even taking the workshop um, depending on the answer you know I could pretty much surmise you know where where we could go with what their, uh what their vision or what they what they plan to do with with their photography in the future if it's for likes, it's for likes. You know, Yeah. You know. unfortunately these days a lot of people just want acceptance and they want, uh, but um, I do use a bit of psychology. I'm not a psychologist, but being on the street, like we, we explored before in our conversation, you learn how to read people. I learn how to read people. I learn how to pe- read people very well. You know, there's certain uh, attributes to a person carries when when they're walking down the street, and uh, somebody's walking towards them with a camera. Okay, uh, there's little signals sometimes you see, and and I use those to my advantage. And I explain, and I and I also teach that to, to a lot of uh, my uh, my students. You know. Look, there's a difference between taking a photograph in a large crowd and everybody's wearing makeup and it's a it's a parade and anybody can like get like the a, mermaid parade. Yeah, or anybody yeah. can get a, you know get lucky and get a great shot at the mermaid parade. But try to do that on your own, you know, navigating through the street, it becomes a totally different game without hip shooting and all this other you know, these little you know little tricks that we all learned. Uh, it becomes a different game. And so I think it's important to to know how to read people or to see if they're going to be receptive to a photograph or not. Because whether you're going to do it being invisible, because there's a chance they're always going to see you, or not. You know what I mean? You, you sh- I think it's important to know how to diffuse a situation if they do get upset. And also you should know how to, how they, they might be, you should, you should have an idea that they're going to be receptive as well. So I teach them little, you know, there's little, little signs that you see. I mean, if I see a, a, a gentleman wearing a fedora with a nice, beautiful suit on, obviously the guy, he's looking sharp. He wants that acceptance. They've just like, it's, it's, I think it's natural for a human being to, to want to be accepted. If you're if you're dressing a certain way and you're really sharp and you're, you're, you're flamboyant, most of these people welcome that. Mm. You know, so I, t- I use these little signs for an ad- as an advantage to take the photograph. Long nails. I mean, I've never seen woman wearing these... Long nails with little houses on them and, <laughs> and you know, uh, braids, you know, hair extensions and beautiful, you know, there's so many different ways I could tell you that that are little triggers that make me want to photograph them. And when I do ask them if they or if they do catch me. I said, well, how could you not want to be photographed? You look beautiful, you know? And so when you you kind of use that charm and you kind of play it and into And honesty. Yeah, and yeah, the honesty, yeah. So but you also were, said
0: something that I think shows that you approach it a different way. A lot of people, when they say, look at the way that person's dressed, they want attention. You said acceptance, and that's a very different way of looking at it. Uh, when when you say somebody wants attention, that there's almost something like you deserve this. I'm going to take this photograph because you deserve your photo. You know, you um, you're asking for me to take your photograph. You're saying, uh, I'm interested in you, and and you are looking for. Uh, you know showing yourself a certain way and for people to be okay with that and that's a that's a nice way to approach this whole idea of street
2: photography well I try I try to be like I said before you know you try to be you have to be civil and be respectful to, to people and I think you know if we all look at ourselves and we all take we introspect and we look and we really ask ourselves the question you know do we really want people to respect us? Do we want people to, uh, love us? Do we, you know, it's a, it's a natural, it's just, it's just natural for, for a person to want to be, to want to be accepted somehow. If you don't want to be accepted, I think that's, that's, that's obviously some type of emotional, uh, maybe some type of, you know, look, I'm, again, I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's a way, of a defense mechanism to push people away. And then there's probably an underlying issue there. Uh, but most of us do want to be accepted. Yes, some people don't want to be photographed. But most of us really, you know, if we, have, if we feel good about ourselves or we, we don't, we, you know, we're wearing beautiful clothing or we're, we're you know, I think, I think 90% of the people that I photograph they are very receptive to, to what I do. Yeah, I think
1: that's just something that that people need to hear when they start out because there's that fear, like, oh, what if someone yells at me? Well, yeah, it's like, what if they? It's like, what if I ask someone out and they reject me? Yeah, that's going to happen. It's just
2: you got to get over it, right? I got I got to tell you, you know how many? You know, I could read you uh, some 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 mails that I got um, email. You know, I know you're a photographer, but I've been having problems. You know. Uh, You know, I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are dating and I just don't have the courage to go talk to a girl. And I'm getting these emails. And it's making me feel really good about myself because I feel like I'm, I'm doing something. You know, look, my photography is not only brought people you know inspiration it's inspired them with some somehow in photography but it's inspired them on a personal level and a more deeper deeper profound uh, level mm. so I have people asking me you know uh I I have been in the closet for 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 years my mother's 90 years old and I don't want I don't she you know I don't want her to have a heart attack mm. I tell her. <laughs> and i told her listen if she's 90 years old and you've been and you've been uh, homosexual or lesbian whatever since you were uh, you know 14 I'm pretty sure she knows already. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so don't even sweat it. <laughs> but I do stop? get I do get these I do get these questions, and I really invite I invite people to to I love it. I love that people look up to me. It's just right. it's just totally opposite than what I used to live like. Yeah. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah. So at a certain point, she stopped asking you if you were going to be a priest, and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that that didn't work out well so
0: there are also some videos on your website as well what, yeah and, oh. and they're pretty interesting videos i mean they're cut in a very uh sort of fast-paced way and they, they they um they're like your photographs but uh but they're you know there's a little more energy you know with the music and uh, the way they're edited
2: yeah i i started experimenting with video because i realized that i really do like i do i do love video look let's photography was you know the springboard into into the video world let's say uh i just love everything about photography videography and all of it so i figured why not you know create my first uh you know youtube video it it felt funny at first watching myself and talking about photography i have a few out there that that are kind of crummy but yeah you know i'm not i'm not embarrassed about it you know even even the pictures are probably some of them are crap but who cares (laughs) um But it's interesting because it shows people who I am in a way, you know? When my old friends see me with a camera, they're like, what the fuck is going on? What's going on? Like, what are you doing with a camera? They they just doesn't, it didn't didn't add up to them, you know what I mean? And not that I cared, not that I cared, it just was something really, it was really, it was a funny moment when one of my friends saw me walking down in Coney Island with a camera. They're like, what are you doing with a camera? Like. You know, I d I don't wanna tell you what they said. You know, right away they was like, What are you what are you what are you doing? What are you taking pictures of people? Like they thought, they're thinking in their mind, what the fuck are you doing with a cat? What are you taking pictures of like what's People doing something? Are You, are you all, right? <laughs> all right? Come on, man! You know, it wasn't. It just at that point, it wasn't. Uh, they're trying to figure out the angle. Like, yeah, I. What are you working for, feds? Yeah. you know, you 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 know. But it wasn't. It was. It didn't go that far. But you know, it, it just. It just. It amused me because they're still trapped in that life and that a way of thinking. And so it kind of enlightened me, it made me feel better that they still think like that crazy craziness, you know? They, it, it made me feel good about myself that they had actually no inkling about art or cultures or anything about, you know, they, they what they I was doing. couldn't imagine the motivation. No, yeah. no, they, they they're just not there. Yeah. They, you know. And there's a few that are, there's a few that, that I don't talk to many of them. But there's a few of my friends, like two friends that are like really, man, you're pumping out. Your work is great. You know, uh, they, you know, and the films, they love it. You know, the films, the films, they, they, they think it's entertaining. I try to entertain as well. Like I try to entertain in the film. So Mm -hmm. I show them who I am and uh, I think it's, I think it's a great medium for, for anyone that wants to show their, their, uh, well. You Know everybody has their little secrets that they don't want to show, but of course, um, it's fun, you know. My, I don't know how to use, um, is it called Final Cut? Final, Final cut, cut is a great, great, great uh tool, man. I mean, uh, but uh, I didn't know how to use it. And when I met my girlfriend, she was actually cutting film for. uh, Is that how you you use the term cutting? Sure, editing, cutting, editing, editing. Well, we're not cutting anymore, are we? Uh, Virtually, (laughs) I think think the language stays the same. Like people
0: talk about cutting and okay, yeah, yeah. All right.
2: Well, she was doing uh, before I met her. She was uh, creating um, films for um, uh, weddings, and uh, and I noticed that she would match the words with the, you know, and I said, that's good work, you know, and it's not bad work, you know, you need a little direction, I said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I said, let me me direct you, and you just do your thing. What are you uh, working on now? Well, right now I'm doing this, um, I have a couple of uh, different little long-term projects that I've been trying to work on, because I never did long-term projects. Now, the one that I do... Um, one of them is called "Things That Humans Leave Behind," and it's uh, it's it's a very broad, you know, subject. I mean, it could it could explore the you know, from pollution to to uh, you know, some something that a loved one left behind. To I mean, it, it's got a lot of legs. You know, it can go forever. That I I kind of started working on, but I kind of shelved it to just finish this. Uh, this is a shorter project. This um, uh, American Truths Unwritten, and it started in uh, a, a commission in Louisiana mm. uh, with this. And these are
1: all those black and white portraits, right? Yeah, it,
2: it it started it started as just regular mixed bag, and I just figured let me just give it a name and start it like a little a little thing. But then I found this little trap. It's like I call it my little spider web, mm. where people walk by and I say, "Excuse me." You look marvelous you just sit here and just take a photograph of me I'm a photographer and I just and I have these little intimate you know conversations with them for a little bit and I tell them who I am and I and I uh I don't like maybe using the, the word trap them you know no, no, I don't mean it in any ill yeah, yeah. in an ill way but um yeah I stay under this uh construction the what do they call it scaffolding? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's like a little bit of light coming in the, through the wall. And there's a flat black paint. So I kind of like it in black and white. And so I started this little series called American <laughs> Truths Unwritten.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, yeah, so it's American Truths Unwritten. And it's uh, little, they tell me little little secrets, like kind of little secrets of themselves that I, uh, but I'll just uh, write a little just a tiny little hint of what it what it is, and the rest is uh, held later on for a book, possibly. Mm. That's
0: a great-looking series, and, and you can you can see, the, I guess, the beginning of that on your website. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I'm actually in the middle of, uh, I just created a whole new website. Nice. Uh, and you're on uh, Instagram and
0: Twitter. Yeah. Right? What's yeah. your Instagram name?
2: Uh, you? Donato DiCamillo. Donato underscore DiCamillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, D-O-N-A-T-O underscore d-i-c-a-m-i-l-l-o and that is not a pitch i'm just i'm just answering your yes, question it is. <laughs> i'm just answering your question i'll make the pitch i'll make the pitch for you follow
0: that account
2: yeah. I, I hope to see you know I, I plan on you know i plan on creating some more you know intriguing photographs hopefully nice. you know. well great. this has been fantastic thank you i yes. appreciate you having me really it was a pleasure really yeah donato great to have you here today Thank you, guys, really. All right, thanks. It's great. Easy to work with.
0: (laughs) All right, bye, everyone. All right, (laughs) goodbye.